0: A lot of people say Shandar Sanders is facing a ton of pressure, but he doesn't think so. We'll talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked On Buffs. I'm your host, Kevin Moore, but today it's a solo show. Um, John couldn't join; got some things to do. Uh, first off, want to thank you guys for making Locked On Buffs your first listen every day. Um, I want to thank you guys for getting us to a thousand subscribers. That's a very exciting monument in our podcast journey. Um, We've only been around for about a month, so very happy with the progress that we've seen. Um, Today, we're talking Shadur Sanders, um, making comments about the pressure that people say he's facing. Um, We're also going to be talking about Aaron Butler, who's a highly talented recruit that recently visited Colorado and talked about his visit, Um, gave us an update to our good friend Max Torres over at Duck's Digest, um, who was able to talk to him. And then we're going to close it off with some Pac-12 expansion discussions, just because I like talking about Pac-12 expansion, and while I don't have anybody to talk about it with, it's something that I've been covering he- covering heavily over this past year or so, so I think it'll be a good discussion either way. Um, starting off with Shadur. Um, first off, we all know that there is a difference between the HPCU level and the Power 5 level, um, but there's not that big of a difference for someone like Shadur, who's always been under the spotlight and having to kind of deal with the pressure that comes along with being the son of coach prime. Um, And he was also a highly touted four-star recruit who had offers from every program in the country. So he's always felt some sort of pressure, but there is expected to be some pressure making the jump from Jackson State to Colorado. Um, But this was what he said on the recent I Am Athlete podcast, which you guys should go check out. Very good episode. um, When it asked about the pressure ahead of his first season at the Power 5 level, Uh, he said, Going to an HBCU, there was pressure, but it wasn't worldwide pressure with everybody. The microscope was different, but at the same time, it's still pressure. And then he continued saying, that's like someone, that's like you are fighting someone. You're fighting someone one-on-one, and then you fight someone in front of 1,000 people, then 10,000. At the end of the day, you're fighting that same person is what I'm saying. You're still going out for a match. The pressure and stuff, it's been there. It doesn't matter what magnitude the pressure's on. You're either going to execute or you're not. That's simply what it is. People make it different going from place to place. But at the end of the day, it's football. It's a place where the plays are almost the same everything's the same it's just a different field and different jerseys and so when i hear something like this i feel like i feel like we all want him to be like oh yeah there's gonna be a lot of pressure going from jackson state the fcs level to colorado the pac 12 the power five but i genuinely think i when and me and josh newberg talked about this a couple weeks ago i don't think he phases him at all and i think as I learn more about Shadur because obviously we're all learning about him from the outside looking in and we have a few media opportunities to talk to him and stuff, but I don't think the pressure really phases him at all. Or if it does, he's really good at hiding it, but I'm going to assume it does not phase him at all. Um, He just has that calm, cool, collected cool as a cucumber type of vibe. And I really don't think that playing in a different conference is any difference to him. And I think, I think, while a lot of people are expecting him to say he's going to feel this pressure. I don't think you would want someone to say that they're feeling the pressure because then, then the headlines are, Oh, Shador Sanders is scared of the power five. Or, oh, Shader Sanders is scared of the pack 12 or whatever it may be. But yeah, I definitely think I may be overestimated or underestimated how cool of a cucumber this cat is. Um, he also discussed, and I thought this was interesting too. Um, where is it there it is he discussed the heightened pressure of playing colorado and he said the microscope this microscope is far over there i i'm focused on me and my camp and my team and stuff like that by the time week one comes i'm gonna have my guys ready to get out there and play this is the time right now just to build the relationships to really learn about your teammates know what know what you can trust have them be able to trust in you any type of situation so it's really just bonding right now working out and training so Literally nothing about him phases him. They tried to get him multiple times to kind of admit that he was going to be nervous or there was going to be some kind of correction that he would have to adapt for when in moving up to the level, but he really just doesn't care. Not that he doesn't care, it's just it doesn't phase him. And I think that's – if you're Colorado, you'd love to see that because it shows that he's ready for this moment. Um, I think – We'll see how ready he is for that moment. Week one against TCU. Um, Colorado already comes in as 17-point dogs. Um, so that'll be an interesting, I guess, thing to watch to see if while he may be saying he doesn't feel the pressure, does his performance match that? I, If I had to put money on it, I would say yes, it will, um, just because the dude is just always ready. Um, I think he he's – and this is all from Josh Newberg. Uh, he had a TV show or – coach prime had a tv show a few years ago where reality tv shows so the cameras were always on um he went to the florida state camp i guess and put on a clinic got an offer uh same thing always putting on clinics in high school you competed at the high level in texas um and at the high school football level, which if you don't know, Texas high school football is kind of a big deal. And he was he found success everywhere he went. He didn't let the pressure of playing quarterback get to him. And so I think this is a great sign for Colorado fans, the Colorado team, because their leader, their their coach on the field, he's ready and he's prepared. And I think all that we can hope all that we could say now is we just have to see how well he performs. And I think we can all agree if you're watching the show that you expect him to do great things. Okay, guys, the NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no sweat first bet to one thousand dollars. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Um, I know I, I mean, first of all, Nicole Jokic triple doubles always, always a good one to look at. Uh, LeBron James points, whatever, maybe I, I, I would stay away from like steph curry threes or something because i feel like the warriors are kind of in between um but either way fanduel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same gang parlay so I miss the chance to get your nose wet first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment with fanduel the official sports betting partner of the nba okay so i talked about a little bit um before i talked about Shadur sanders being built for the moment but aaron butler a highly talented recruit Um, let me let me pull up his little profile here a blue chipper out of california out of calabas calabasas high school which is if you don't know if you're not from the california area like i am well i'm from california if you're not from california like i am or you just haven't heard of calabasas that whole southern california little hotbed of talent is one of the best high school football talent areas talent-rich areas in the country, um, outside of Texas and Florida. I would say Southern California probably has the best high school football, um, maybe Georgia too, but either way, um, that's not the, what the discussion's about. I'm just saying, giving you some context. Uh, he recently visited Colorado um, in March and was, was kind enough to sit down and talk to my good friend over at Duck's Digest, which is a fan nation site, Max Torres, and he talked about his... Because he visited Colorado in 2021, he talked about the difference in the staff. He talked about the difference in the direction of the program. And I think, I think, oh, and his relationship with, or his dad's relationship with Coach Prime because they played football together back in the day. I think it's gone, it's gone pretty well for the buffs. Um, let's take a look at what he said. He said, I went to Colorado. I had a great time with Prime and everybody. And then he continues saying, My host was Shadar Sanders. He took me to his house, he took me out. So I got to experience everything in Boulder. So the coaching staff, the vibe there—it's different. The way they recruit, the whole energy—they flip the whole culture. It's a different campus. I went there in 2021, but going there in 2023—it's like they're not—they're not anything to play with. So already we've seen—we've seen analysts say that they flipped the culture. We've seen Coach Prime, which Coach Prime was obviously going to say he wants to flip the culture, but he, we're just seeing more proof that his efforts in this short period of time. Because I think we forget that—I think I want to say he was hired in December, January, February, March. April, I guess, just started a few days ago. So he's like four months and four days into his tenure at Colorado, um, basically. I don't even know if he was a full month in December, but we'll just say at most he's been there for five months, okay? And he's already flipped the roster, flipped the culture, has made Colorado cool, and has attracted top talent that honestly probably, I mean, obviously Butler had already visited Colorado, but now he's, it sounds like he was intrigued by Colorado. I don't know if the first visit was just kind of, Cause you get so you get as many visits as you want if they're unofficial so you could just go wherever you want so the first visit may have just been like hey let me go check out Colorado this visit sound sounded legit sounded for real um he continued saying what gives them a big push is my dad Rob davon davon Butler playing with Dion um he was his friend he was his teammate and the player that Dion was on top of, of that the player he the person he is he's a F- Hall of Fame player all the way to the man he is he's going to teach you about being a great dad just the best you could be to the best of your ability excuse me and then he continued saying you could trust coach prime he really takes care of them like travis hunter talking to trav travis hunter that's what really brought them into my recruitment i didn't care what the record was what the situation was with coach prime anywhere it would be a school i'd be looking at so again this and that's something that's winston Watkins jr said um when he talked about his recruitment or not his recru- I guess, yeah, his recruitment in terms of people were ex- expecting him to kind of flip or go lean somewhere else, Ohio State, Florida State, wherever it may be, um, and he said as long as Coach Prime's there, that's where I'm going. I think we're really seeing, um, because they always tell players not to commit to the coach to commit to the program, and I honestly think that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, but nowadays with the transfer portal rule, really, it really doesn't matter because, say, the coach leaves, like, they, like Coach Prime did Jack State, some of the guys come over, either way. I think we're seeing the appeal that Coach Prime has. Um, He's a Hall of Fame player. He has swag. He has a charisma that I don't think any other coach in college football has. Um, If you think there's a coach in college football that has even half the charisma that Coach Prime does, let me know in the comments because then I'll be like, oh, maybe. Um, I would like to see them though because I think Coach Prime probably has the most charisma in college football. He's been called the coolest coach in college football already. Um, He's just ready for the moment um, as a head coach, and I think he – I think despite being old school stylistically and the way he likes to run his teams i think he is able to and this could also be because of well-off media which is run by his son Dion jr um i think he's really able to kind of adapt to this era of college football player and not adapt but understand them and so because they're a tough group to understand let me tell you um but yeah i think coach prime really helps out in that department and so his coolness factor and the, obviously getting to play for a Hall of Famer because there's not many college football coaches, excuse me, that played football at the level that Coach Prime um, did. And not even, I would probably argue that 60% of them didn't even come close. And so maybe, probably even more, but that's just the number off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, I think Coach Prime has got the whole... I think he's got it down. I think his he has his recruiting pitch down. Um, he's an NFL Hall of Famer with a great staff. He's a former elite player who has probably the most swag as any head coach in the country and he's really personable i think a lot of the times we see his personality um in little snippets and this is not i'm just saying the general public i don't need you guys going off and telling me every great thing he's ever done the general public usually sees snippets of coach prime and it's always kind of not like a hot take but it's like a whatever the hot take of jason is parallel to like a statement like he doesn't make hot takes but he kind of is just saying something that will kind of like slap you in the face and be like what what did he just say and so i think when players get to know him it's kind of been a different thing i mean even when uh danny o'neal committed to colorado that was like the big thing for him was he met coach prime got to know him on his visit and that was all he needed to do and all of a sudden couple days later he was committing even though he originally planned to commit like after i think i think he wanted to commit before the season sometime before the season but it was he still had some visits that he wanted to go to but just meeting coach prime was enough um back to butler though this is kind of like the time period he's working with he says we're going to wrap it up around by the time summer comes around i want to close it up be committed in the summer so i can focus on winning a championship and this past season he recorded 830 yards receiving um, on 38 catches he was average which is doesn't sound like a correct number but when you hear this you'll be like wow averaging 22 yards per catch including 13 touchdowns in only nine games so a great athlete great receiver for colorado to potentially target um, potentially bring in and it sounds like they're in really good position Um, obviously he'll probably take a couple more visits and kind of get the lay of the landscape though um, just to see if there's any other schools that have something to offer him. But yes, Aaron Butler, Shadur Sanders, they met up. I think Butler got a chance to kind of meet Coach Prime. I think he got a chance to see again the new look Colorado football program, which it's I think I honestly think it's gonna stun people how different the program is. Um, I don't think there's words for it really. I just think we're gonna have to wait and see what happens, and I think that's what we're gonna end up doing. But here's the thing. Colorado has gone from being kind of like a, a laughing stock program in college football and don't hate on me. It is what it is. I mean, they've been sub 500 for almost like a decade, if not more besides one year. And now they're a trending program. They're a hot program. They're a cool program and has all of the top players in the country wanting to go there. Something that they haven't had before. And so coach prime is he's doing his magic and he hasn't even coached a game yet. Um, and we'll see a lot more commits talking about Colorado on April 22nd during the spring game. Um, before we move on, guys, thanks for making Locked On Bust your first listen today. For your second listen, check out our brand-new podcast, Locked On College Basketball experts, experts, Isaac Shaw and Andy Patton, bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape, Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Um, They'll probably be recapping the crazy March, March we just had um, – UConn just won it all yesterday, which was pretty insane um, to think about their five and O since nineteen yeah, They're five and O in their championship games. Um, I think they're the, probably the closest thing to a blue blood we've had maybe Duke since in, in this time period since the two thousands, I guess you could say even 1999, if you want to go back that far. Oh, so go check it out. Um, there's a, there's a lot of stuff they could talk about. The transfer portal is going absolutely crazy. There's thousands of players in the transfer portal for hoops. Um, so yeah, crazy things are happening. Um, Speaking of crazy things, we gotta talk about Pac-12 realignment because I have, I have an update, not really an update, but I guess if you we haven't talked about in this pod, so it's an update for you guys um, because I haven't talked about it recently, and some speculation, and then some late night thoughts that I had um, may or may not have been after a night out in town in Austin um, for about which teams would be a great fit for the Pac-12. Um, so up first. The update is the Pac-12 apparently is no longer as close, or not no longer. Maybe they just were premature in reporting how close they were to recording a Pac-12 or getting a media rights deal. Um, It sounds like they are not right there um, as they thought they were, according to CBS Sports. Um, Dennis Dodd, which Dennis Dodd has kind of been... I don't want to say the anti John Casano and John Wilner, but it feels like every time they report something, he has something different. So we'll, I guess we'll see at the, when things are all said and done, who whose sources were being more truthful and whose were kind of trying to maybe spread rumors in their favor. I'm not saying that any of these reporters are doing so. I'm saying maybe their sources are. Um, but here's the thing: so the Pac-12 currently doesn't have a deal, which kind of delays expansion realignment, whatever you want to call it. But we know San Diego state SMU, they're basically in, um, we got confirmation that Colorado state was a team that they were looking at. I don't think that's the right team, but it is what it is. Um, it's better than I feel like finding that third and fourth team was difficult, but I think Tulane is sitting right there. Um, so say it's those, say, San Diego state, SMU, Colorado state, and then Tulane would be my pick for the fourth. I was sitting there last night after, um, After dinner, had a very nice dinner out here in Austin. And I was thinking, I was like, what other programs would be worth adding? That makes sense. And so I came down to the conclusion, San Diego State, SMU, Tulane, UConn. Because you got, oh, I just gave it away. But you got to have an even number. And so I was watching the college basketball championship. And I was like, UConn, Rice, Colorado State. So basically, UConn and Rice would be my... Two other additions, so they would be adding six teams, which would get them up to the Pac 16, essentially. Um, and do they want to do? Do they want to get up to 16 teams? I don't know. Um, I think it'd be a good idea to kind of maybe stay ahead of the na- the next <laughs> realignment issue. Um, and I picked Yukon because one, I think they're the closest thing to a blue bu- blue blood we've had in I don't know God knows how long. The Pac 12 doesn't really have a blue blood. That's been playing like a blue blood consistently. So, this is them stacked up to to UCLA, who is the premier basketball program in the in the Pac-12. They are blue blood. It's just they haven't they have won recently. So, UConn has five titles in the past 24 years. UCLA has one title in the past 48. Um, so, yeah, I think UConn would be a great basketball addition. Football wise, they have a coach with a very familiar name, Jim Mora. Who really turned them around? I think they, pretty sure they made it to a bowl game this past season. Um, let's double check that. They made it to a bowl game. I'm pretty sure they did. Um, yeah, they they finished six and seven, made it to a bowl game, which six and seven, not the best record, but hey, that's progress compared to a team that usually been bringing them a one win per season. <laughs> it felt like, um, but yeah. So I think if you bring them in, Rice is kind of not a program that I would be thrilled about and that's probably be a program that most people would mock to Pac-12 for bringing in but here's the thing you need Texas you need uh, they're more they're in the Houston area so that gives the Pac-12 more a real real estate in Texas Um, but it also kind of helps out with scheduling so because if you have SMU Tulane and Rice they're all kind of close Um, UConn would be it's pretty far for the rest of the conference but UConn would probably consistently play those three schools because it's about a two and a half three hour flight um i know this because when i would fly from california to connecticut when i went to school texas was the best spot to get a layover in because it was the halfway point so those would probably be the closest flights um and then yeah colorado state i think you have that rivalry rivalry with colorado San diego, here here's my pitch for every team that i brought up san diego state los angeles market they're really good at basketball very good at football um their baseball team is usually pretty decent as well um just a, a all around good program. They have a new stadium. They kind of give the Pac-12 access to the Los Angeles or South. I wouldn't say Los Angeles because it's not as close as people kind of think. They give people they give the Pac-12 access to the Southern California market. SMU, private school. Um, they can honestly. I think if they were in the Pac-12, that their donors would start forking over even more money. They're in Dallas, which gives the Pac-12 the Dallas market, which is one of the biggest markets in the country. I think it's top five. Um, they give them access to Dallas recruits, maybe that they don't already have. And SMU is pretty competitive in football. Um, basketball, they've been, eh, but they've had decent seasons. But definitely bring an impact, a competitive impact right away. Same thing with San Diego State in the football field. Tulane, um, they're really hot right now in the football field. I don't really know if it's going to be sustainable, but. I think if you bring them into the Pac-12, it will be um, because then everybody who coaches there will no longer be looking for better jobs because that is going to be a power five job um, or it could be a power five job. UConn is probably my favorite between the Rice Colorado State group um, just because they just won the championship in basketball yesterday. Um, Obviously, geography, it doesn't make the most sense, but geography is dead. I'm going to be honest. USC and UCLA, their closest um, opponent is Nebraska. And so I think UConn. I think them going to Nebraska and UConn going to Louisiana and Texas makes just about. Louisians are, are UConn's already in the same conference as Tulane, so you may as well. You know what I'm saying? Um, get them in the conference uh, for basketball at least. I don't think they're in a conference. Yeah, they're independent for football. Um, basketball though, they're they play in the American, um, formerly known as the Big East. But here's the thing. They win championships in football. Um, They bring kind of the presence of a blue blood that the Pac-12 is losing in UCLA. Um, I don't think people kind of realize how much of a blue blood UConn is, but you bring them basketball pedigree. You get East Coast access, um, Hartford, um, which I don't think Hartford really rings many bells for most people. But over in a little town called Bristol is the... Sports capital of the world, ESPN, is out of Connecticut. So maybe the Pac-12 having games in Connecticut or connections to Connecticut helps them out. Rice, obviously, they're in Houston, um, makes travel easier for SMU, Tulane, uh, even the Arizona schools. um, You have a nice little pairing there and UConn as well. And then Colorado State, you kind of have that built-in rivalry with Colorado. Um, All these schools match up academically. I believe they are all AAU schools and Colorado State. While they aren't that good at football, they've been decent at basketball over the past few years. They produce NBA guys. Um, and football-wise, I mean, they could get better. I think anytime you go from a group of five conference to a power five conference, it gets a little bit better. Um, so those are my that's my six. Um, I think realistically, they'll probably add two, which will be unfortunate because I think this would be a fascinating six. But yeah, I think if you're, if Colorado had a schedule where they played San Diego State, Tulane, and say Colorado State as part of their pack 12 slate i think that'd be amazing i think that'd be a great uh schedule but either way we'll see what happens i think the pac 12 has made it clear that they plan on getting their deal done first and then figuring out the expansion candidates after that um, but what we do know san diego state smu are practically they may as well just start sewing those pack 12 patches on already um, but for the rest of them we will have to wait and see uh, you guys will have to wait and see me tomorrow um, have a great rest of your day. Thank you guys for making Locked on Buffs your first listen of the day. Make sure to like, subscribe, share this podcast with all your friends. Let's continue to grow. Um, I have a, a pretty cool interview coming up on Friday with someone from 24-7 Sports who may or may not be criticizing the Buffs pretty frequently, so we get to talk about him and his thoughts. So you guys better tune in. Um, I appreciate you guys, and have a great day.